Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Have you ever said these words or thought them? What a colossal waste of time that was. You ever felt that way? Right, so, you know, maybe it's been a lot of time we put into something, maybe a lot of energy we've put into, maybe emotional energy, or emotionally connected, or maybe resources, whatever, and we reach a conclusion and say, man, what in the world, why did we even do that? Why did I do that, right? It's a, it's a waste of time. And, and those things happen, right? And it's like you guys so immediately resonated with, we get it, it's life, right? Humans and all that kind of stuff. But what a tragedy it would be if you found yourself standing before the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus, looking at your life and evaluating it and together reaching the conclusion that what a waste of time that was. You wasted your life. You wasted large portions of your life. Man, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, one of the things we want to see very clearly, we want it to be that, that we look at our lives and it's clear that this was a life worth living. Right? Isn't that what we want? It was a life worth living. A life that was worth the effort. A life that was worth the hardship, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the, the money, whatever it is. It was worth it. It mattered. And that's what this sermon series is about. Eight different things we're going to look at. Eight core, really foundational kind of truths that... that you need to grasp and that need to grip you so that as you live, your life will be worth living, okay? And so what makes a life worth living then, okay? We saw this last week. Here's the, how, how, this is what will make your life worth living. And that's, it's a life worth living is a life that will pass the test of the judgment seat of Christ as the Lord evaluates us with you and what did you do that was of eternal significance and then a life that will pass the test of the judgment seat of Christ. And this is important to remember is also the most satisfying and meaningful now. Okay, this, that is the kind of life that is going to satisfy the deep longings of your souls. And by the way, this world, a sin-cursed world will offer you multiple, multiple counterfeits to tell you this will satisfy your soul, this will really touch you deep down inside, but the reality is it's only the things that match what the Lord says. The kinds of things that will pass at the judgment seat of Christ that will bring you, not just then, but now, deep satisfaction, contentment, the sense that your life matters and there's purpose and meaning in it all. And man, that is crucial because when, when, when you lose that, man, lots of times people lose the whole motivation even for living, don't they? Okay, all right, so last week we talked about the first one, and this is the idea of being owned. When you come to know Jesus as Savior, you receive Christ as Savior, he has purchased you. You now belong to him. And so it's about being owned, and, and the, the, the conclusions about this were two things. That means that God is the owner, and I am the steward. And God being the owner uh, means he owned me, he purchased me, so he owns me. And he says, I am to be a steward for him. I am to take what he owns and use it for him. That, and that starts with my whole self, my life, me. I'm to use myself in the ways that are going to accomplish God's purposes. 
the kinds of things that are going to pass the test at the judgment seat of Christ. And so we're a steward of that. We're a steward of ourselves. That means our steward of our, our hearts, our minds, a stewards of our bodies, a stewards of our resources, our opportunities, everything, okay? And so with those things, we need to say, okay, God, how do I live those things out? And now, that brings us to the second of these eight truths um, and foundational ideas. And it's this, is how are you going to succeed at it? Well, good news for you. There's a pathway to guaranteed success. We're talking about that standing before the Lord. But there's a pathway to guaranteed success. And we find it in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's go there. Let's take a look. Proverbs chapter 3, it's page 727. That is in the Bible that's there in the, under the chairs in front of you. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3. A lot of you probably know this verse by memory. It says this, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Okay, that's kind of, kind of simple and straightforward, right? But we want to talk about that. But here's, here's what I want to say to you today. Have, have you ever... Has, have you ever had anybody ask you, you know, pull up in the car and say, hey, I'm looking for, and how do I get to? Have you ever had that happen? Somebody? Okay. And, and you think to yourself, how in the world do I explain how to get there? And you almost feel like saying, well, you can't get there from here. Right? Sometimes it's felt that way. But I want you to know that you can get there from here, what we're talking about. Um, it's well within our grasp. And I don't mean in our own strength, but I mean the Lord has made it easily, readily available to all of us. So you can get there from here. Let's, let's look at the verses again. Let's talk our way through them. Very first phrase, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay? Uh, the idea of trust, I think we get it, right? Because we talk about faith often, and, and sometimes faith, we think, okay, that's the things that we believe, and yes, I believe, and all that. But, but really, a real important concept when we're talking about our faith and what we believe is this idea of trust. Because trust is a little different feel, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, I believe, yes, but no. Do you trust? It's, it's, does you, incorporate in your belief, is there some trust? And the, the trust is the idea, okay, I am going to count on this being true. I'm really going to count on it, right? I mean, we don't think about this, but we get in our cars and trust that when we push the brake pedal, what's going to happen? It's going to stop, okay? And that's what's so disturbing when you find yourself on ice and you press the brake pedal and nothing stops, right? But we have this, this idea of there's a depending on something to be true, depending on something to be what it, it is uh, held out to be. And so here we're being told to trust in the Lord, but not just to trust in the Lord, but trust in the Lord, what's it say? With all your heart. Okay? Your heart. Um, let me think here. This idea of your heart, I think when he's talking about heart here, the heart is used in different ways in the scripture, but it's often used just to refer to the whole inner person, 
Your whole inner being, okay, is your mind and your, how you think about things, is your will, is how you make decisions about things, your emotions, how you feel about things. And so we would say that the heart includes the idea of the soul and it certainly includes your spirit where you can have a, a relationship with God. And, and so he's saying, with, really with everything inside of you, trust in the Lord. Depend on him. Depend on what the word says is true to be true, okay? And so what we're talking about here, I want to say, is, is, let's do this. We need to go all in with the Lord, okay? That's what you need to do. You need to go all in. Trust him with all your hearts. Not we, oh, I trust him in this part of my life, but not this part, you know. No, no, we are going to trust him about all of it. So that means that when I, I look at my life and I, I'm thinking about um, what's right and what's wrong, I'm going to go all in with the Lord and trust that what he says is right is right. And that what he says is wrong is wrong. I'm going to do that. Uh, when I look at uh, my marriage and, and how is this working, and, and I, you know, we have our natural human feelings and the experiences in life and what's going on here, and then God says what he says... And so I'm going to go all in with the Lord and say, okay, what the Lord says here is what's right. I need to go with, I need to depend that it's true. I need to trust that it's true. Parenting, very much the same way. And I've, I'm inventing a new word, and I don't know if it's a new word, but I'm going to call it childing. <laughs> and that's when you have elderly parents. My parents get parenting, childs do childing. Anyway. You know, a lot of us have faced those kinds of issues. What, how do we do these things? Well, the idea is we have to, if we want this guaranteed success, and, and we'll talk about what that means in a little while, but I got to go all in with the Lord on it. You know, if, if you are raising a child and you're raising the child by yourself, you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart, okay? Every part of you. Now, the reason this is important, we need to go all in with him. Um, and actually, hang on here just a second. Uh, so just know, Eduardo, I think we have a verse that's in the wrong place, but that's, don't worry about that at the moment, okay? Um, yeah, I see. I see what's going on here. All right. But so it's, it's going all in with the Lord. And uh, I think going all in, trying to you know, capture that in my mind, it's kind of like me when I stand in the roller coaster line. And I love roller coasters, everything except the first drop. I hate the first drop. But I love fast and turning and going and upside. I love that kind of stuff with the first drop. And so I stand in the line and as it gets closer, I kind of go. All right. And so when I, it comes up and then there's the chicken exit, right? But I, my kids are there. I can't do that. So I get in the roller coaster and it goes. Click. Right? Okay, I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> Not getting out now. Okay. Uh, maybe a, a better way of thinking, I think it's a big mountain stream that's just, you know, a rushing stream, and you, you kind of get out there in the water, and, and, and you're in the current, and you can feel the current, and it's pulling at you some, but we're talking about going all in. It's where you just, just kind of jump out into the current and go where it goes. That's, a, that's kind of a scary decision for us human beings to make. 
Now, logically, it shouldn't be scary because if we're trusting God, is he capable of taking care of us? Does, might he know something we don't know? Is he places that we haven't been? I mean, it's perfectly logical to do it, but as human beings, we're kind of scared. But the idea we need to go all in with him, okay? All right, and that brings us to the second phrase here. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the second phrase, it's really, it's kind of connected to the first and they, they fit together. He says, and lean not on your own understanding, your own natural understanding. As human beings, we have natural ways that we look at things, ways that we see things. We bring to that our experience in life. And, and so we have an understanding about things. And it, God isn't saying here that our understanding is always wrong, but he says, don't lean on it. And we, we get the idea of leaning on something, right? You know, I can lean on this here. If I go farther, can I go farther? I didn't practice this. This might be risky. <laughs> Okay, but I'm leaning, if, if this gives way, I'm what? In trouble. And what he's telling us is that our own understanding is not, uh, because we are humans born with a sinful nature, who've been, you know, that's done such a number in our lives, that our understanding, what comes to us naturally, is often not right. It might be 80% right sometimes, but 20% not. Okay, and so we should not lean on our own way of seeing things, what just naturally makes sense to us. Uh, Isaiah, the Lord speaks in the book of Isaiah about this when he says that for my thoughts, God saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Okay, so we think differently, we see things differently. And then he says this, for as, high as, the, uh, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay? So you see why it's important that we don't lean on our understanding? Now hopefully over time our understanding can start to match more and more what God says. That's part of how we grow. But nonetheless, even then, so here I am as a Christian. Let's say I've been a Christian for many years. I've learned a lot of things. I've learned the kind of truths that I'm telling you and I've, I've, I've tried to live by them and I've experienced the blessing of doing it. it when still, when something happens, something comes up in my life and I just say, okay, I know, and, and I look at this and I figure it out and I, boy, I just made a mistake because what's the Lord say here? Don't lean on your own understanding. I need to go back and say, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. What does God say about this? What does the word say? What are the commandments? What are the principles? What are the examples? And, and, and match that. And, and maybe it matches my understanding. Maybe it does, largely, because I've grown. Maybe it doesn't. But I've, just, I, I've chosen not to lean on that. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm going to lean on what God says. Not my own natural ways of doing things. It is crucial that we do that. And by the way, this idea of our ways and his ways and our thoughts and his thoughts all being different probably is shown in the gospel as clearly as anywhere. Because you know, if we're honest, we know, we all know that we have sinned. We all know that we've done things that aren't what God would want us to do. And we haven't done some things that he would want us to do. And our motives haven't always been right. And we haven't acted in love. I mean, so, so many ways we have messed up. But our natural human way to fix that is to 
to try to do better. Is it good to do better? It absolutely is. But we think that even though we've sinned against the Holy God, that maybe we can fix it by doing more good things. And so we start thinking, okay, maybe if I can just get to make sure that I, my good outweighs my bad. All right? That's my natural way of looking at that. Or I, I start looking around. And you know, you can always find somebody who's worse than you. And you compare yourself, right? Well, at least I'm not like that. You know? Um, so those are our natural way. That's our understanding. And if you lean on that, your sins never get forgiven. You never get eternal life. It might seem like the right way to you, but it leads to death and a separation from God forever in hell. See, that's our natural way. God says, no, here's what the truth is. Yes, you have sinned against me, a holy God, but I love you. I love you so much that I sent my only son, Jesus, into the world. Uh, Jesus is the son of God. He's God in human form. He came in the world. He, he dies and pays the penalty for our sins on the cross, rises again, victorious over sin, victorious over death. And he, he, then he offers to us, he says, okay, here's the deal. You gotta understand, you can't fix this. You can't fix it. You can't do enough good works. You can't do enough religious stuff. You can't, it's, it's too late, you can't fix it. But what you can do is accept what I wanna give you. You receive my son as savior, I give you forgiveness for every sin you've ever committed or ever will commit. I give you eternal life when this life is over. You will live on with me forever. I, I, in fact, I'm gonna move into your life and I'm gonna keep helping you to grow and learn and do better. So you see, we have a choice. We can go with our, what, our natural ways, our natural ways of thinking, or we can go with God's. Well, guess whose ways are right? Duh. Right? Duh. That's Hebrew for God. <laughs> okay? All right. So, this idea of letting go of our own understanding, not um, leaning on our own understanding, is, I think, comes down to the issue of control. That we need to yield control to the Lord. Because when, when I have my own understanding, oh, don't you feel good when you, a problem comes up and you look at it and you go, okay, I, I got this. I know what to do. Yeah. You know, and if that's about fixing your car, go for it. If it's about a life decision that has any kind of significant consequences, don't lean on your own understanding, right? <coughs> lean on his. Uh, so you're going to let go. I feel like I'm in control when I when I'm got it all figured out. I feel like I'm in control. Anybody here like to feel like you're in control? Yeah, I don't like to feel like I'm out of control, but yet the idea is I need to say, okay, no, I'm not going to lean on that. I'm going to lean on the Lord and what he says. And I tell you what, letting go of control to the one who has ultimate control, that makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, so we ought to do it. A really great example of this, of how we need to live in this area. So we're going all in with the Lord and then we're gonna yield control. We're not gonna lean on our own understanding is a story uh, in the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus has been teaching, and uh, I don't know if he was teaching right before this or not, but the point is he shows up at the seashore there and Peter and, and his uh, fellow workers have been fishing and so here's the way the conversation goes. Uh, Jesus says, it says, he said to Simon, to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. 
And so what's going on here, Peter's understanding, he's been a fisherman, right? He, he says, look, I know how this works, Lord. We've been fishing all night. And the point is, why would we do this? His own understanding says no. And I kind of think how this goes. He says, you know, Lord, we've, we've toiled all night and, uh, um, you know, we haven't caught anything. And I think he's looking at the Lord and the Lord probably just stands there and looks at him. And it's silent. So Peter says this. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Did the Lord know what he was talking about? Was Peter's understanding correct? No, not at this point. And that first phrase, this is where we need to live. I, I, here's the way I see this, my natural understanding of this, based on even my life experience and the way I feel about all this stuff is here. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. This is a life changer, folks. It really is. And I get it. It's kind of like, man, that's, that's a big challenge here. I get that. But you're going to go, if you want this guaranteed pathway to success, you want to be on that, you have to go all in with the Lord, and then you need to yield control to him. And, and when your understanding conflicts, anytime you find your understanding is, is conflicting with what God says, nevertheless, at your word, I will. I'll do what you say, Lord. Okay? And that's, that's he's going to get you where he wants you to be. That's, that's a whole other part of that thing. So, all right, let's go on. Verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. All your ways, acknowledge him. Uh, seems pretty straightforward. The uh, all your ways is not part of your ways, right? You know, I think sometimes if, if I, and I need to do it, probably even more often than I do, but every now and then I sit down and, and kind of look at my life and think how am I doing in this area and that area and the other area, and I realize real quick that there are some areas where it's pretty easy. I just, you know, I go with what God says. Settle issue. And then there's another area where I find myself, I realize I'm struggling there. Why am I struggling? Well, I don't even want to think about it. I'd rather just struggle. I mean, not really deep down inside, but have you ever been there? You know there's an issue in your life and you just aren't dealing with it. Well, he says here in all your ways. And so this means the areas that come easy for me. This means the areas I'm struggling in. And this means that area that I haven't even wanted to think about. All your ways. Acknowledge him. This word ways uh, literally means a path, okay, or a road. Um, but it's also used in a more figurative sense to talk about your way of living, a way of living. And so he's saying here that in all of your ways of living, when it comes to living your life, all of those things acknowledge him. Well, let's, let's talk about what that word acknowledge means. So it really has three concepts. These are the first three right out of the, the dock when you look at the definitions for this. First one is to recognize the authority of someone, that you acknowledge someone as the authority. 
Okay? Another one is to agree that something is true. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge the truth of that. And finally, to express gratitude for something or someone, right? I'm grateful. I acknowledge this role in my life. So think about this. He's saying, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. So what are we going to do? In all of our ways, we're going to acknowledge that he is what? He is the authority. God is the authority. By the way, that's what the word Lord would mean, right? He's Lord. We are not. And so in all of the ways in my life, you know, whether it is my, my personal thought life, whether it is my habits, whether it is my relationships, whether it is my money, whether it's my job, my career, my friends, my hobbies, whatever, in all of these things, I'm going to say God is the authority. I'm going to acknowledge him as the final authority in those things. Jesus is Lord. Okay? Not only that, I'm going to agree that something's true, that what God says is true. That means in every one of these things in my life, what God has to say and how that applies, that's what's true. It's not what the world tells me is true. It's not you know, what necessarily what my friends tell me is true. It's not necessarily how I feel about it that's going to make it true. It's what God says about it that's true. That's it. And so I acknowledge him all my ways. I'm going to say what God has to say about these things is what is true. Now, I don't know everything God says about this. This is a growing thing, a learning thing, but I'm, I've already settled this issue. Uh, you know, many years ago, I memorized Psalm 119, verse 128, and it says this. Therefore, I esteem, talking to God, therefore, I esteem all your precepts, everything he says here. Therefore, I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right, okay? And so I have all these things already laid out, right? My life, all these things in my life, and I acknowledge that what God has to say about them is true. I don't even know everything God says about them, but I know the God who says them, and so they are true. And so that means I'm gonna, in my life, I'm gonna keep trying to bring his truth to bear on what I'm doing, my decisions. How I'm doing things. What does God say about it? That's what remains. And then finally, express gratitude for it. And this kind of changes the dynamic of my relationship with God because I, not only you know, is he the authority and not only is what he says true, I'm happy about it most of the time. I mean, right, it's, it's still human here. I'm, don't, but overall, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right, so if I had, uh, my car was uh, really messing up, which, you know, once in a while they do that. I think if you look up the definition of car in the dictionary, someplace in one of the things it talks about messes up a lot. Anyway, so if I'm, I can go out with, I have a small socket set and I have a pair of pliers and some screwdrivers and I can, and if Travis Hawk shows up at my house, hey, Travis, do you know? He goes, yeah, well, here, let me help you. Right? He's a mechanic. He knows how to do those things. But this is the way it is with God, right, when it comes to, to life. Or how do I solve this relationship problem? This, this, this a tangled knot of string, and I, it seems like my pull, it just gets worse. How do I do this? But God knows how to untangle the knots. You see? It's such a good thing. I'm grateful for So all these ideas, acknowledging his authority is truth, and boy, is it good that he's involved in my life and that I can benefit and bless, be blessed 
by these things. And so let me give you an example of how this, this might work. I mean, let me go back. The, the gratitude issue. In John chapter 6, Jesus you know, talks about being the bread of life. And then he talks about people having to eat his body and drink his blood, which he's obviously talking symbolically about the Lord's Supper that he's going to institute. Okay, dying for them, shedding his blood for them. So it's symbolic, but people were kind of weirded out by that. And it says that a lot of people, maybe most people, kind of said, okay, we're going to just move on down the road here. And Jesus turns to the disciples and says, you guys going to leave too? And Peter, who's quite capable of sticking his foot in his mouth, but says something very wise. He says, Lord, where would we go? You're the ones with the words of eternal life. Where would we go? And so here I am again. I, I have the, all these things going on in my life. They're big things. They're scary things. They're hard things. And I, I have my natural understanding about them. But I'm saying, no, no, I'm going to acknowledge the Lord and all of these things. And I think I could choose between what God says or something else, but why, where in the world is there a better answer than God has? Right? Nowhere. Such a good, good thing. And so here's an example. Let's say that you find yourself in a situation, it might be at work, might be in your marriage, might be in some other relationship where all of a sudden you get asked a question and you, you think about answering this question something that you know the answer to. And you think, if I lie, this will all just go away. I won't have to deal with it, it'll be, you know. If I tell the truth, we're opening Pandora's box, okay? It's gonna be drama and hardship, and so my natural understanding might say it's not worth it to tell the truth here. But when I acknowledge him in all my ways, I think, what did Jesus say? Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. He says, Jesus says, I am the truth. And then his apostle Paul says that we should be speaking the truth motivated by love. And so in all my ways, what am I going to do? If I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways, then I'm going to do what? Tell the truth from a heart of love even if it causes the problem. I'm gonna acknowledge the Lord. And so you start thinking all these things, your finances, you're sitting down with your finances and you're saying, okay, I, you know, here's the situation. If I do this, I think I can meet all the needs. But if I take what God says the priorities are and I think about giving to God first, off the top, I, I don't know how I make my finances work there. Well, am I going to lean on my own understanding or am I going to acknowledge him in all my ways and say, okay, he says, give to him first. He will work in my life and meet my needs. You see, it's really practical, isn't it? It comes down to very practical kinds of decisions. It's not ooh, religious stuff. This is real life stuff, okay? Acknowledging him in all our ways. And so, what I would say to this is let your relationship with the Lord and the truth of his word be at the core of every decision at every moment in every area of life. In other words, be perfect. 
It sounds that way, but it, I don't mean that. The, the, this wonderful thing about the Lord is he, in Psalm if it's 86 or someplace like that, it says that he knows what we're made of, <laughs> that we were made out of dust. He knows that we were born with a sin nature that has, you know, we're still working on. <laughs> he knows all of that about us. And so what we're talking about, this kind of a commitment, is it needs to be a genuine commitment. I really do mean it. This is what I want. This is what I intend to try to live. And yes, sometimes I don't. God knows we're not perfect, does not expect us to be perfect, but he expects us to be genuine and he expects us to be diligent and keep working at it. And when I sin, I have to make a decision to trust in the Lord. Right? With all my heart. He's already said Jesus died. He's forgiven me. I need to not lean on my own understanding, which tells me I'm a, I'm a bum, I'll never get it. <laughs> and I need knowledge in all my ways. What's the deal now? Okay, Lord says, confess this, let's turn, let's go forward. Okay. And um, so, but, but this is what we need to be working on, that it's, it's every decision, every moment, every area of life, it's our relationship with God and the truth of his word that we need to be acknowledging, bringing to bear. Now, here's the wonderful thing. We have a promise, verse, the rest of verse 6. And he shall direct your paths. What kind of promise is that? <laughs> so he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Go all in with him. Lean not on your own understanding. Yield control. Don't try to figure it out yourself. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What we just all talked about. When these things are consistent in your life, they're genuine and a consistent part of your life, he shall direct your paths. Now that word direct, you may have a different Bible translation and may say he will make your path straight or he will make your path smooth. But the idea is he's going to enable you to see down that path and where you need to go and you can go down it. And when you go down it, God is directing you. Is he going to direct you to the wrong place? He's going to direct you to where he wants you to be. And he's going to use all of it to prepare you to do what you need to do when you get there. And, and so to me, this is such a, I don't know how many years ago this was now. I, mean, I memorized the verse probably 40 years ago. But, of the verses, but then probably, I'm guessing, probably 20 some odd years ago, all of a sudden it just clicked for me. And that is this, that when I live this way, I cannot get it wrong because God isn't going to get it wrong and when I live this way he's going to direct my path he's going to get me where he wants me to be now can I make a mistake and make a wrong decision and misunderstand what God wants me to do can I yeah, and so let's say that God and this is just an illustration but God wants me to go out that back door over there Okay, and so I say, okay, I'm going to go where God wants, and I head down over here. Oh, it's all over. God says, see, there you go. Oh, no, no. What's he say I will do? I will direct your path. Okay, Walt, well, all right, now, let's go this way. Okay, and I go and I start to head out that back door, and he kind of grabs me. He says, no, 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 come on back here. Come on, show her here. And so even our mistakes and our problems... God uses to get us where he wants us to be to, and to prepare for what he wants us to do. What a promise. 
You can't miss. You can get there from here to where God wants you to be, ready to do what he wants you to do. And so this is this idea of guaranteed success, okay? Guaranteed success is being where God wants you to be, when he wants you to be there, doing what he's prepared you to do there. That is success. It's not success the world, way the world may define it. But when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, is, God going to, is Jesus going to evaluate your life with you there on the basis of what the world thinks is success? What you naturally think is success? No, he's going to evaluate on, did you, did you go where I wanted you to go? Did you do what I wanted you to do the way I want you to do it? And the promise here is if we'll live this way, he's going to get us there. So guaranteed success. A couple final thoughts. Just put the words in a little bit different way here. First one is to build your life. Go ahead and go to the next one. Build your whole life on, around, and intertwined with a personal growing relationship with Christ and all that that means, okay? Build your life on that. It's intertwined, inseparable with the Lord. And second thing, run every decision through the filter of your relationship with Christ. Those two things. That's what this is talking about. And he will direct your path. And when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and once you start living like this and your life's getting evaluated, at some point it's going to change. You start to see, wow, it's not nearly as much wasted life. And you're going to hear Jesus saying, well done, that was good. Wow, yeah, you made, that was good. You didn't lean on your understanding. You trusted me. And, you, and your whole life becomes that. And that would affect the experience of the rest of your eternity. A life worth living, passes the judgment, seed of Christ, and is the most satisfying and meaningful now, and it's an adventure. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and Lord, I thank you that you have made these promises to us, that not only do you own us and you have things for us to do, we can do that, but Lord, but you promise if we'll just really lean into you and, and go with you, that you're going to get us where you want us to be. You'll use our mistakes as well as our good choices and you'll get us there. Thank you for that promise. I pray we all take heart to that and then, Lord, I pray we all pay more attention because of it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.